It's time for Talking Pictures Trivia! A quick friendly reminder, a change in temperature can be expressed as a ratio of pressure and volume. Welcome to Talking Pictures Trivia, the podcast in which a group of geographically challenged friends explore movies through trivia as an excuse to keep their friendships alive. I'm one of these friends, and today's host, Nick, and with me is... Tom. And KJ. Great to have you back, as always. Additionally, joining us as a guest for this week is... James. Thanks for joining us, James. James and Tom are brothers. James was our first guest on Talking Pictures Trivia for our Mad Max Fury Road episode. James conveniently continues to like movies. For those joining us for the first time, we start off each episode with a movie quiz, as these pivotal questions will determine who earns today's trivia crown. Then, once the fierce competition is over, we follow it up with our famous movie rant, Where Anything Goes. KJ, tell us about today's movie. Today, we are going back to 1994. Nelson Mandela has become president of South Africa. The Buffalo Bills lose another Super Bowl. Stephen King releases his book, Insomnia. Seinfeld, it's in its fifth season, and a little-known movie, Bill's Folly, is released. Directed by Carl Perez, who is mostly known for made-for-TV movies, including Jumpers, Eight Elephants, and Abraham Jr. Bill's Folly's short run in theaters would have been with Ace Ventura Pet Detective, Blank Check, Eight Seconds, and Four Weddings and a Funeral. Tom will be quizzing us today. Tom, what's Bill's Folly all about? In Bill's Folly, we're given the story uh, about a man, and this narrative appears to be about his life, a, a simple and sober story, but one that expands into something greater and possibly even deeper. Bill's folly, or really follies, as it were, we learn, are follies in the sense we all understand the word, but they also act collectively as a spiraling metaphor that connects character, circumstance, and conflict. As the follies continue, building in dramatic fact and driving towards the explosive, but also rather sober denouement, we can't help but agree with one of Billy's most quotable, if a bit clumsy, lines. Quote, Life, it is that which between the beats of the heart and the pulse of the mind may or may not be exciting, depending on the energy one brings to various circumstances. End quote. Nick, if you had one word to describe Bill's folly, what would it be? Daft. KJ? Deliberate. James? Unpredictable. And my word would be spec. It's time for question one. What does Bill hallucinate after he eats the concentrated burrito at Taco Bell? Locked in. Locked in. Locked in. All right, KJ, you locked in last. You got to go first. What do you got? So I didn't realize he was hallucinating at first because it starts kind of subtly. And then, you know, obviously it grows mm -hmm. quite a bit. Um, but uh, there were the rainbows, right? There was the mm -hmm. rainbows that were connecting everything. Um, and then I want to say his past. I know it wasn't his past, but he was kind of hallucinating his past. Um, and I don't even know how to describe it was it was kind of it wasn't a fisheye lens, but it was like an object that just warped. It just kind of warped everything together. Um, so mm -hmm. I'm going with the rainbows, his past, and that warping thing. Okay, thank you, KJ. Rainbows past and warping thing, very good. All right, James, I think you locked in next. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, one thing I would add to that, I think the figure that spoke to him was supposed to be his father. Now I may, I may have missed that if they specified that at some point later in the movie, that's the way that I read the scene that, that, that shape that was speaking to him was supposed to be his dad. Okay. Thanks. And Nick, what do you have? So there may have been a rainbow, but I'm pretty sure that scene where he was windsurfing with a chihuahua. I, I'm pretty sure that was a hallucination. I mean, they went in and out of different realities, so I, I wasn't quite sure, but that might be the one you're referring to. All right, thank you, Nick. And the points go to KJ. And it seems like, Nick, I think you're thinking of uh, the, the hallucination scene like a little later on. Like he, he goes swimming, he almost drowns, and he kind of has like, I don't know if it's a hallucination or a dream, but something like that. 
And James, I don't think it's his father talking, or at least we don't get confirmation that it is. So the best answer then, since we don't have confirmation that it's his father, is what you said, KJ. Yeah, his past, right? Because that could have been his father. It certainly was a fatherly figure, but I I don't know if it was literally Bill's father. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's it's a weird way to open the movie. Um, And I think it, it speaks to a lot of really what I find interesting about this movie. I don't know if I love it, but I certainly find it interesting. And I, I want to know what you guys think about those kind of uh, hallucinogenic scenes that go throughout the movie. I mean, Nick, you brought up the uh, the windsurfing with the Chihuahua, um, which was a profoundly sad scene, I thought. But I was wondering what you guys you know thought of those moments. I believe you are right. I was thinking a little later in the film. And for some reason, I wanted it to be a happy moment, but you're absolutely right. Like how how could that setup not bring joy? And they did this over and over throughout the the whole film. So it, it, it seemed to be part of the dynamic here of things that were supposed to be happy weren't and things that I thought might've been sad were actually somehow turned into joyous occasions. It, it was quite the phenomenon. It reminded me a lot of um, Memories of Matsko in that way, because mm-hmm. the framing of when he when we weren't in the hallucinations, right? That that was kind of like the now, and then we cut to these hallucinations where sometimes it got a little crazy, uh, similar to the the music numbers in Memories of Matsko, mm-hmm. and then the same thing, Nick. The happy was sad. The sad was happy. That you know, whenever we got what he was really thinking or feeling, it always seemed opposite of what was going on on the screen. You know, at, at, at first right you know that really the first couple of them uh you know and even even the first three i would say i had a little bit of trouble with them because i i was having trouble trying to identify all right what do you you know what's the common thread you know what is this kind of peek into his subconsciousness trying to get at but then of course you know later on i'm sure you guys could uh could speak to this too as soon as you realize the common thread among them you know the the common theme among them then it kind of starts snapping together for you and then you know as soon as you're more on board with it you start to realize right right okay you know i see the thread and where they're going with this you know i see the commonality but you really have to be along for the ride and just hope that this movie is going to bring you to that resolution and fortunately it does oh yeah but that's quite quite a leap of faith we have to take as the audience i i agree nick and it, it's like it, it does take a while to put that together. And, and you're right, James. And, it, you know, it's it's pretty deliberate once you've seen the entire movie, what the hallucina- hallucination scenes are doing. Right. Um, but I mean, they seem like you guys are saying, like, the happy is sad. The sad is happy. Like, it's, it's completely contrary. Um, the 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 scenes themselves sort of seem um, like really artsy at first for no reason. You know, like you were saying, the windsurfing with the Chihuahua scene, um, the like the the monkey playing the bagpipes was like I I don't know that was like the what the fifth hallucination scene. I w- was kind of like, what the hell is this? You know, I, I was kind of done with the movie almost by that point. But I, I mean, if you stay with it, the 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 monkey and the bagpipes really make a lot of sense. It was kind of disturbing in the moment, though, right? Yeah, it, oh, it yeah, was. yeah. It was Lynchian, it, almost. It yeah. was. Do you think that was computer animated? It was rather. It was like right on the line. It was. It was strange looking, but yeah. It's nineteen ninety four. I don't. Right, like. Yeah. I don't know what do you because it it I couldn't tell if it was com, it, because the first thing I thought was computer computer animated, but it's like a small movie. It's it's ninety four. I mean, it might have been stop motion. It's a it's a weird look. The song he was playing was Cabaret. I don't know how oh. into bagpipe, but yeah, I, I, don't, my I don't. I, I did not know that. Yeah. I did not. No. And, and it's, it sounded familiar. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was there a catalyst for each of the hallucinations? We had the burrito. We had the mm-hmm. the borderline drowning, although that was ridiculous. But mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember. Did each hallucination start with, uh, you know, a reason? Was was there always something? I think the second one starts after he's on that mountain and like screaming on the top of his lungs for about five minutes straight. Yeah, that was brutal. I yeah, he he was just screaming and screaming and screaming, and then after that we had the one of the hallucinations. It wasn't what the what else hallucination was it? I I don't remember, but 
I think so. I think there was just like a either like a an alteration in consciousness, like you like almost drowning, right? Or the burrito thing, or it was like a motion, a moment of um, of like uh, like a, a big pain or a big emotion, like when he got kicked by the horse in like the, mm. the third part of the movie, or like the, the second hour of the movie. That reminded me of Home Alone. Mm. Like you felt that. Oh, yeah. Sound. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then were the were the follies were the mistakes? Did they have any relationship to the hallucinations? I also it felt like the mistakes were a separate thing from the hallucinations. Mm-hmm. Like right? it was a separate plot almost entirely. It certainly felt like a different plot, you know, but you start to wonder, you know, can you kind of tie them together in the sense that a lot of the mistakes were made in sort of an effort to escape his reality, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so even though, yeah, it's not something that directly gives rise to the hallucinations, you know, you do sort of get the sense of, you know, this is a character who's, who's looking to get away. You know, mm-hmm. he doesn't like the reality he's in. You know, a lot of the errors kind of arise from that dissatisfaction. You can sort of draw a parallel between, you know, somebody who's hallucinating a different kind of reality as a result of that. Yeah. It's one of the reasons why I picked my word, you know, grief bacon. He was in such pain for a lot of the movie and you could see him like kind of eating and trying to, you know, trying to get away from that via food consumption or through these kind of hallucinations. I think you're right, James. It's, it's really about escape in various ways. Is that what humerspec means or? Yeah. What... Yeah. Humerspec means, it means grief bacon. It's, it's a German <laughs> word for, <laughs> it's, it's, the, yeah. I thought it's the a... mic just cut out or something. I didn't know no. that's what you intended Yeah, Humerspec means gr- uh, grief bacon. It, it's a, like a German word for uh, like um, eating to deal with your, your emotional <laughs> problems. See, wow. It's funny you should bring up food. I actually thought a lot of the hallucinations were, food derived so it happened after the burrito and even on the top of the mountain before he started that whole yelling thing he put a piece of big red in his mouth you know chewing gum so anytime these happen a lot of times they were close to an eating type event but i I couldn't quite see it go through but i I thought that's where they were going yeah i I think eating is is just i think like james you were saying escapism is a part of it and i think like the food is a part of the escapism. I think it's it's a method of uh, uh, like um, uh, uh, un, not uncomfortably what I'm talking about um, improperly dealing with this, this these problems these follies. Yeah, they did, and it was subtle. Um, and and I think that's you know if the movie mm-hmm. really does mm-hmm. have one strength, you know, it's that sense of subtlety. Is you know it's not going to do the work for you. You know, it's not going to you know no pun intended, but force it down your throat. You know, we see this is a guy who's trying to escape his reality by eating. But yeah, you know, now that I think of it, I hadn't noticed that common thread, but did he did he eat before the, the beach scene hallucination? Well, I don't know. We didn't see him eat, but part of what they kind of suggested were there was cramps is why he went down. And oh, yeah. Um, All right. I, I was going to say there might have been an empty Slurpee container next to him during that. They didn't show you drinking it, but I don't know if it's connected. It could have just been yeah. garbage. But I I, you do remember the Chihuahua was eating in the oh, dream. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, exactly. The Chihuahua was eating vanilla ice cream. Right on the windsurfer, mm-hmm. yep. Yeah, on the, that wind. So he's visualizing his pain through the Chihuahua? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think, yeah. I mean, also sometimes dreams can just be zany. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's, it's a crazy thing. It's time for question two. What is the secret ingredient Mama Ramsey puts in the brand muffins she serves to the hamsters? Locked in. Okay, yeah, locked in. I didn't realize they were hamsters, but I'm going to lock in. What did you think they were? I thought they were guinea pigs. Oh, maybe they're guinea pigs. I I don't know enough about these rodents <laughs> i just put hamsters in it didn't really look it up um but anyway nick you locked in last so you go first it's actually very fitting to your funky word that you chose uh but bacon grease after she made her breakfast uh, she would use the extra bacon grease i thought to uh help make those muffins okay bacon grease james what do you have all right, it's bacon grease. Now she put a pinch, it looked like, of something else into it. 
after now I took that to be bacon grease too, what she poured out of the pan. Um, I don't know, you know, what else you would fry in a pan that would, that would produce grease like that, but she put the pinch of something else in. Um, it looked like it may have even been some kind of cleaning fluid or something you shouldn't be ingesting because it looked like she had gotten it from under the sink, but it was kind of a nondescript bottle. Okay. Nondescript bottle from under the sink with bacon grease and KJ, you sounded very confident. What do you have? That is not what I remember at all. I, I thought it was just Cheerios. I thought she mixed Cheerios in with the, the ingredients, with the dry ingredients. And then the points go to KJ. It was, so she normally, we see her making the, like putting in the bacon grease, right? She's putting the bacon grease together and she does put the, that kind of, I think it's arsenic, like a little bit of poison in there. Oh, okay. But it gets dumped out and all that's left are the Cheerio bits. It never, that's that's why I picked this question. It gets dumped <laughs> out, yeah. But you don't see it until like the next scene when you realize that like the liquid is in the garbage, right? Yeah. I, think that's, I mean, it's a, it's a bit confused. I, I will say the movie's kind of clumsy in, in the way it, it unveils plot yeah. because it was, it was uh, I think, what was it? Mama Ramsey's daughter who kind of makes sure that the hamsters are guinea pigs. Uh, remain safe um hence not eat whatever like the arsenic under the yeah. sink stuff yeah whatever. i i had wondered why they were alive in, in <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so wait did the daughter off screen prevent this from happening or did mama ramsey come to a realization that she actually didn't want to harm them that that's the part i i i think they indicate that the daughter did it because mama ramsey doesn't seem pleased that the hamsters guinea pigs are still alive well, yeah, you, you don't see whose hand it is dumping it out. You, you don't see it at all. Yeah, it's you off You see it in the garbage. Yeah. yeah. But she's doing other things that suggest that she's making things better for her mom. Um, this is, the, the daughter's played by Anna Sparicio. Um, mm -hmm. I forget her character name now. Oh, it's uh, Claire. Claire, she's doing other things throughout the whole movie, particularly with her, her mom, you know, Mama Ramsey, where she's kind of fixing things so that uh things are better um mm -hmm. i'm trying to think of another example uh, another one with mama ramsey right mama ramsey's always trying to like fold those napkins mm -hmm. but it, they're they're used right they were kind of gross and, and yeah she's not washing them right 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 yeah that's just so they're, yeah 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 and so the daughter kind of takes to wash them exactly, exactly. yeah mm -hmm. Wait, yeah. but that's her grandmother, right? Because she's really old. Was it? I thought it was. I thought it was the mother. I thought it. Really? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was the mother. I mean, I, I get your point. She's freaking old. To, maybe, to that be. Just a cast, maybe that was just a <laughs> casting situation. Yeah, I don't yeah know. it could have been. They could have screwed mm -hmm. that. Yeah. 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 And I, yeah, I suppose they try to make her her mannerisms, her her you know paranoia or whatever it is, you know, a little bit more realistic. Mm hmm. Maybe it's what KJ was saying too. I got that like depression era vibe from her too. Yeah, right, right. right. With yeah. the reuse of the and the tea bag too, right? She always grabs. Um, I think it's the same tea bag the whole movie, isn't it? <laughs> <She's>... <laughs> like I, I swear that tea bag just keeps going from one cup of tea to it's another. So yeah, it's really gross. Yeah. <laughs> oh lord. Um, but I, yeah, she is. I think trying to protect her mom because if if those hamsters get poisoned or get killed. Like they are done for, right? I mean, those those things, you know, are are we're led to believe they are quite dangerous, right? Because I, I mean, clearly they're they're like really intelligent, um, but I think the the indication they don't say this directly, but the indication is like they are dangerous and they will, you know, they will hurt you if if you go after them. Yeah, yeah, and I I took that from the music. Um, you know, which was pretty much every time they showed them, um, you know, and it was it was a good time. Maybe maybe a little over the top, maybe a little on the nose, but it certainly got the point across. Yeah, like that Halloween vibe. Like every time. Yeah. Da -da -da! yeah. And that was one of my favorite follies of Bill when he leaves the cage open. Mm -hmm. And it's I, he was it was the middle of the night. Right. And he was down and I, they, there was still some muffins, I guess. And he decided to feed them and then he forgot to close the cage. It was almost like a gremlin scene with the mm -hmm. uh, I thought we were going to enter a, ho a horror movie here. Mm -hmm. I really mm -hmm. thought like it was going to go in a different direction at that point. Mm -hmm. 
and, and it's I, I mean, I, one of the reasons I also brought this question up is, you know, him uh, him leaving the cage open and then Claire having to, to swing in and save the day. That's kind of their their meat cute, because, you know, if she doesn't prevent the, the hamsters from being poisoned and enacting the revenge upon her family. Right. You know, then then she has no reason to kind of talk to him about what happened or who these hamsters really are or guinea pigs, whatever the, you know, whatever species it is. All right. And at the end of round one, KJ is in the lead with two and wagon wheels for both Nick and our guest, James. We'll see what happens in round two. See you then. Oh no, your chair broke. Are you sitting right now? How does it feel? Are you tired of your chair shattering into a thousand splinters every time you sit down? When was the last time you put a new cushion on your chair? Is your house only filled with stools? Do you remember your favorite chair? Do you weigh in excess of 500 pounds, but still want a boogie? Are you tired of everything you sit on disintegrating into dust under your considerable weight? Three leg, four leg, five leg, six leg? We have support for you. Chair support. We'll hold you up. Order now and receive a free ottoman support for those ankles. And we're back. James, we're at that critical point of our episode where we ask the guests a key question. And that question is, if you could watch Bill's Folly with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be? Andrew Lloyd Webber. The reason why I would love to see what someone so prolific in the Broadway community thought of the musical number at the end. That's a good point. Yeah. Do you think he'd like it? I, the song wasn't... I, the the no, the number was great the dancing and the visuals and but the mm. actual song no i i guess maybe that's kind of what what reminded me of him it almost was kind of like it was you know what it was it was like a knockoff version of his worst stuff it was like mm. take the take the worst song from like cats right and then think like all right what if i went a little worse than that like what 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 level are we dealing <laughs> Right, not laughably bad, but like a knockoff of the worst, basically. Yeah, but um, they also played it straight, so they weren't like in on the joke. Yeah. Oh, not at all. <laughs> no. I think the two Carls wrote that song together, the director Carl Perez and the uh, you know Bill um, Carl Chotler. Yeah. yeah, really. You mean Carl Chalter? Yeah, they're credited. <laughs> I don't know if it was like lyrics. They don't say whose lyrics, whose music, um, but yeah, no. What maybe it, that was a, a folly song. in itself? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time for question three. What fluid does Bill put in his car? Locked in. Locked in. Locked in. All right, James, you locked in last. So you got to go first. Okay. Um, so it looked like the side of the can that he was pouring into the funnel said Dr. Pepper, mm -hmm. but of course it was, you know, the, you know, the movies don't have the, uh, you know, the right to the Dr. Pepper brand. So they did that thing that movies do where they make a can that looks like it's the, you know, the Dr. Mm -hmm. Pepper logo, but I'm sure you look at it carefully. It doesn't actually say that, but you know, I took what they were getting, you know, the point to be is, is Dr. Pepper. So a bit of a trick question, Tom. Um, there's two scenes where he's, I mean, filling up strong word, but putting something in his in his gas tank there. Uh, there was the, I think it was Dr. Popper, James. Mm -hmm. Oh, was it? Yeah. yeah, it was yeah. Dr. Mm -hmm. Popper. Um, and then the other one uh, was whipped cream, which I just, I don't know what would happen. Uh, you know, they, they cut away, right? We didn't actually see him drive the car, but the other one was, um, it, and it was, you know, like the ready whip, like whipped cream. I thought the whipped cream was in one of his hallucinations, but the Dr. Popper, while it was the container, I thought he was really progressive. I thought that was like a, a vegetable oil-based fuel. I thought that was just the container he was kind of filling it up in. I didn't think that was actually soda because I don't even know how that would work. And I think they were trying to say it was a viable alternative you know, fuel source. So even though it was a Dr. Popper container, I, I thought it was vegetable oil based. 
Okay, thank you. And the points go to James. It actually was Dr. Popper. Yeah, and the whipped cream, KJ, it, he was trying to put that. It wasn't a, an, a hallucination, Nick. It was, he was trying to put that into the cop's car. Not the cop car, but the, oh. the car that the cop owns. Right, right, right. Yeah, had to put him. And it was like he, he wanted, it wasn't vegetable oil. So the, the reason why he puts, do you remember why he puts Dr. Popper in there? No. I thought it's, it was just another one of his follies. I thought that was just another one of his. I mean, it, it is one of his follies. But do you remember? Did he do it his... by accident, thinking he was no, putting in? No, no, no. What was? Do you remember his justification? His his friend Polo tells him that there are cow tears in every bottle of Doctor Popper, and so he thinks that'll make that's like good luck or something like that. That it's that it's like you know a traditional good luck thing, and that's why it's his folly. Why would he believe anything Polo says? That guy leads him astray mm. throughout the whole film. I think most, this probably should have been called Polo's Follies, not Bill's Follies, <laughs> because Polo's behind a lot of these. Oh, well, he's yeah, an instigator. You know, but you you almost kind of see like, and it's played so well that you almost feel like you would believe it yourself. Like when Polo looks him in the eye and says, cow tears for the extra mile, I think that was mm -hmm. the line. Like, I, I love yeah. that, you know, to the <laughs> point where I, you know, I would almost... Yeah, I would almost try that in my own car. It was convincing enough. Yeah, and it, it's a shame what happens to his car after that. But you, you're right. So I was kind of interested in and in, in brought up this question because of what you were saying, James, of, of Bolo and, you know, like his effect on on the characters. And I was wondering what you thought of kind of Bill's admittedly small but interesting social circle. Well, I, I mean, I think Polo... Um, was uh was probably the most colorful I, I did like i loved his his conviction you know his his just ability to just be so certain of it that no matter how insane it was you know you understood why somebody would believe him um you know as far as fletch um you know i liked fletch i i, I think he was a good character um, you know, he was really kind of more of a follower. He, you know, he reminded me a, a little bit of, uh, I, I don't know, maybe like Donnie in the Big Lebowski, kind of like, mm -hmm. like a, Steve, a Steve Buscemi kind of stock character where, you know, he's he's funny, but he's mostly kind of reacting, um, mm -hmm. you know, th to the things that, that other people say. Um, and I, I guess last but not least, Millicent was a good comic relief. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I I liked her. You know, kind of uh, 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 you know blunt spokenness. Um, you know, and I, look, I don't, I don't know if you can make a lot of those jokes. Um, you know, today per se. You know, say a lot of those lines today. But you know, it was still uh, you know it was well acted enough. She was a good enough character. Yeah, she she really hates a lot of people though. Yeah, she, yeah, she sure does. <laughs> they kept that joke going through the whole yeah, movie. Yeah, they did. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was pretty fun. Um, I think yeah. James hit the nail on the head by calling Polo colorful because this guy is addicted to spray tans. I mean, he is another <laughs> color. Like I, I I have no idea, like how a human could become that shade of. I guess I don't know burnt orange i'll call it uh, i'm not i'm not quite sure but i i wouldn't trust that guy but it, it was kind of funny too because it just made him kind of glow maybe that's why maybe that's why he had that effect on people i don't know it was real tough when uh the scene with him and claire and claire just completely dresses him down and calls him out for all the stuff he's been doing right i mean we kind of like polo even though eh, whatever but yeah got some I, charm he's got some yeah. you know charisma but yeah. He's well-meaning. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, but I mean, he, 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 I mean, he, his pickup lines, especially with Claire, are like <laughs> really rough. Mm -hmm. yeah. They did not land. No, no. I, I, I mean, is it? I. What is his girlfriend who he breaks up with at the beginning of the movie? Do they even name her? I don't know if they name. Do they name her? It was quick. I, yeah, it was really quick. Yeah, I have no idea. I. Yeah, I don't. Maybe she's not. Maybe she's not named. Um, but man, that was a brutal scene. I mean, she's. Well, just, that's right, because she storms out. Yeah. So well, I, I don't and, think we catch her that long. No, but I mean, she goes. She like screams on the top of her lungs 
for like five minutes straight. It was really, really irritating. Well, I, I mean, I think when when she realizes, you know, when 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 kind of the, the the ceiling caves in on his scheme, you know, when she realized that this is just another one of his get rich schemes, you know, that he says this is going to change everything, this is going to put us on the map, and she's kind of believed that and been led along by by him for so long that you know when she finally sees things for what they are and comes to terms with you know this is just another you know insane one of his uh his get rich schemes you know then i, I think she sees it for what it is mm-hmm. but it's just it's a sad scene it's brutal because you know he really believes this like polo really believes this is going to be the one that works we, we haven't talked about this yet i don't know if we'll have time but um the death of that, like you were saying, James, the, the kind of Steve Buscemi-like character from, you know, uh, Donnie. Um, Fletch. Type. Fletch. Yeah, thank yeah. you, yeah, Fletch. Yeah, yeah. Fletch. yeah. Like, his his death scene was... I, I don't think I've seen a death scene quite like that. Right? What did you guys think of that? Yeah, I mean, the whole, I felt... I felt it. I felt really sad for Fletch because he seemed like a troubled soul throughout this whole film. Very soft-spoken, but he was just there. And it was almost like rotting away even when he's just standing there. So that shouldn't have happened to him. I mean, I was hoping for some kind of turn for the best for him, you know, like, and it did not go that way. No, because you watch it and you're like, you really think that when they pull the crane off him, he's going to be alive, right? Like, oh, it, it didn't crush him. Like, you know, he, I don't know, he somehow survives this. And they almost kind of set you up for that. But when, when he's very much not, you know, that, that was really, uh, you know, that, that was kind of a shot in the heart. The other thing about Fletch, right before the crane scene, they had another missed opportunity for another closet scene like Broken Blossoms, right? He was just outside that closet. Um, there was uh who was that uh it wasn't was it milson i guess milson was like not attacking him but again she was uh, mm-hmm. but she was doing her thing yeah, yeah right yeah right. That, that, you know yeah she's banging on the porta potty door and he yep, did the yep. he could have done mm-hmm. right right exactly he, did the he only did like scene, a, yeah. like a 180 he right, kept going right. back and forth he like 180 done, yeah. oh come on yeah we're, we're referencing just for our audience we're referencing the, the closet scene that lillian gish did in broken blossoms where she's being threatened by her father and turned around and turns around. It seems like this movie is directly quoting that, but in a porta potty with a, a small man who looks like Steve Buscemi and a, a kind of somewhat butch racist woman. And then a crane falls on him, as you were saying, James. And it's, yeah, it's real. it's an interesting um, quote or allusion to, you know, this kind of classic film um, that's going on. And then just a crane falls, falls on it. You would have thought that the porta potty would have broken the fall, but no. I mean, that I mean, thing made of nothing. Right it just through shattered it. right and through it. Filth I mean, everywhere. Oh, yeah, it's it a was freaking just, crane. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, it seems like they must have blown the entire budget for that movie <laughs> off that one scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was worth it. I mean, it really, like, I mean, yeah, but it really didn't add it. much to the overall plot. It's just kind of random. But... <laughs> well,. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I, I guess so. I mean, it's it's a nice kind of sobering moment, right? I mean, the, the death of Donnie in, in Big Lebowski doesn't, I guess, add to the plot, but it's sort of, you know. I think the only reason they did it was so that Bill could only be influenced by Polo because he was the one really in his ear. Before mm-hmm. Fletch... He wouldn't say much, but his looks would kind of give him a second thought on what Polo was telling. But now th- there's no guard. It, it's well, just yeah. whatever Polo's saying. Yeah. And I mm-hmm. suppose, Filter. yeah. You know, I suppose then, you know, maybe it works into the plot as, as being the impetus for uh, um, it was, that had to be the fourth or fifth folly um, mm-hmm. after, uh, after Fletch's death. You know, after, I lost count. After, I lost yeah. Count. I, well, yeah. After, after Polo, yeah, we didn't have somebody to temper. Uh, you know, his influence on um, on Bill anymore. Well, even Fletch's death, right? Uh, Bill was talking to the crane operator. So I think that was supposed to be another one of his follies was, right? I mean, <laughs> they were gone by that point. They weren't there anymore. But yeah, presumably the crane operator didn't leave the crane uh, to the ground. I, yeah, I don't know how they yeah. anchor yeah. it, but. Yeah. And it, it does give the impetus for like um, 
Claire to have a place in Bill's social circle after that, right? Because Claire is much more in. I mean, we we cut to her, but you know, a, a lot before that. But after that, we see the two of them together more. I mean, the meet cute thing with the, with the hamster guinea pig things is is before that, but it's like really after that that they start to be in the same place a lot. I didn't want to go into it too early because I didn't know where the questions were going to go. But she's really the only source of goodness in this film. Like she is the embodiment of what someone should be, you know, and the rest of them are quite flawed. Yeah. I mean, Bill's nice. Like you like Bill. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But he's I mean, influenceable. Influenceable. Is that a word? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And he also has a lot of a lot of follies. You know, and it's it's kind of like you feel bad for him for because he can't help inspiring follies wherever he goes. He's kind of a folly machine. Um, but you know, it's also you could see it's like a yeah. He's also kind of at fault for it as well. But they start to decrease in frequency once Claire gets into the picture. So it it was mm-hmm. mm, they okay, still okay. came, but yeah. a little less often. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So going into the last question, um, right now, KJ's at two, James is two, and Nick has a wagon wheel. So last question. It's time for question four. What phobia does Claire have? And, and you don't have to say like the technical name of it. You can just say what she's, she's afraid of. You don't have to, you know, remember like, like the word. Yeah. I think I got this one. Uh, Locked in. Yeah, I'll lock in. Locked in. Okay, KJ. Go for it. I have no idea. I don't remember. I don't remember this at all. Um, Was it like hangnails or something? I I, I don't know. Okay. James, what do you have? I thought it was that her parachute wasn't going to open. Right, because she doesn't, you know, and she doesn't say that explicitly, but, you know, um, before all the jumps, you know, you see, I think she's had it more than once, you know, kind of that vision of, uh, you know, the shoot malfunction. Mm-hmm. I mean, it has before. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Nick, what do you have? So it's a little subtle, but I'm pretty sure that she has cholrophobia, which is uh, the fear of clowns. And the reason I bring this up is she seems to be a pretty, I don't want to say perfect person, but a, a very kind, warm-hearted person. But in Mama Ramsey's house, she's got this one picture of this happy clown with uh, balloons. And every time she walks by to grab some tea or, or feed the, I think they were guinea pig, she would always turn it over. She would always like turn over this picture of the clown. She would never leave it up. So I think that was the only thing that she may have feared. And the points go to Nick. Well done, sir. Yeah, it was. I, I mean, I, I almost kind of want to give you one point, James, for the, the parachute thing. Um, but it just oh, it we're all tied. <laughs> it's more yeah. fun this way. Oh yeah, we yeah we are. <laughs> no, all tied. Yeah. no I, I see where Nick is is going with that because yeah. of that. it's it, it you know the the parachute thing. Yeah, that was, you know, a premonition of something she, she was worried about. You know, I don't know mm-hmm. if I would describe it as a phobia. Yeah, yeah, it's not like a yeah, it's not like an irrational fear. I mean, that's why she doesn't have any legs is because the, the parachute initially didn't. Yeah. Happen. Yeah. But, you know, um, but yeah, so there was that that where she's like turning over the picture. It's I think it's like it's like a placemat, right? Like a dinner, like a thing you would eat. Dinner there was a few yeah. references mm-hmm. to clowns. One was actually like a like a picture, like mm-hmm. in a frame that she would turn over. There was a mat. There, there was a few elements of clown presence in Mama Ramsey's house. My yeah. favorite one was the mouse pad. <laughs> <laughs> but then, the, but then the mouse didn't work on the other side. Yeah, yeah. Right. She turns it over, and it's yeah. Then has to flip it back over. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that was I love that scene, and she really like, and mm. Anna, Anna Sparizio added a lot to that. Um, I, yeah, I'm not. Mm. I, I saw the only other thing I've seen her in was uh, Ghost of Tacoma, which came out uh, a couple years after. But you know, as an aside, she really is a phenomenal actress. 
She should have got more work. She was very yeah. good. In yeah, this film. That, I, yeah. I thought this would have been a launching point for her, but it she didn't catch steam. I don't, I don't know what no. it was. after Ghost. I think I looked her up because I, I agree. After Ghost, she retired. I think she did the whole. Oh, did she? Uh, yeah, marriage, yeah. kids, family. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. she, I mean, she has like what three or four credits or, or three or four features. In yeah, her she could have went somewhere. I really think so. Yeah, yeah, but you know, was she in the Carl's other movies? Carl Perez's. Um, Perez, uh, is it Perez? I think it's I've been saying Perez. Perez the whole, oh, yeah, right. I think it's Perez. And Perez was she in Carl Perez's other movies? Oh, wait, hold on what else second. did he make? Oh, actually, I'm not sure because he didn't make Ghost, right, James? No, no, no. no. He did Ghost of Tacoma. Was I'm trying to remember who that was, man. Yeah, was she in Eight yeah. Elephants? Can somebody I think, I, I didn't see Eight Elephants? Hold on. I think yeah. it, I think she might have had a background role in that. I don't think she was one of the main characters. Hold on, yeah. I'm, I'm... She might have been one. Ah, uh, I think she was one of the caretakers. Like you'd see oh. her like shoveling elephant poop and stuff like that. I don't think she was like okay. A major role. Yeah. Hold on, I'm I'm scrolling down. I don't. Did I see that? I don't think. Cir- I Cir- circus Circus and three eight elephants. There you oh, go. Wow. There you go. Overalls. I, I remember her there. Yeah. Didn't God, that, didn't that, yeah. She Maybe. really didn't. That's a good eye, though. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Is that worth watching, Eight Elephants? Uh, I, no. I literally no. don't know, even know if I saw it. That's mm. how bad my memory is. It's not that memorable. Um, <laughs> not that memorable, but but yeah, in this yeah. she was great. She was absolutely. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, she she's wonderful. What did you think of him? Of our other Carl. I it would so I mean the the. The thing we haven't really talked about it yet, but I think it's yeah. pretty obvious is the age difference between them, right? You, which isn't really addressed in the movie, but what, why do you think that was what was going on with that? It was the Carls, right? The Carls are making a movie. They just casted. Yeah, they cast them themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you get it, like when they go to that uh, outdoor patio for dinner, that one time and they're getting those looks and she's like she thinks it's because she's you know doesn't have any legs um but it was kind of like he's worried that it's because he's like 20 years older than her or 25 years older than her um and i think it's the only time where it's really kind of brought up but it's not you know it's not like highlighted see at all. i i read that scene a, a little differently because i think the casting decisions here were not made to take into account that age disparity again, Mama Ramsey, like that's her mom. Come on, that, that looks like yeah, her great okay. grandmother. Yeah. So I, I think that was just how he could have easily been swapped for someone 10, 15, 20 years younger than him. I, they didn't really dwell on it, as you said. Like they, that was the only scene mm-hmm. that made, and that made me a little uncomfortable too, because Claire's character is such just a beautiful character with a wonderful soul. And, and even them le- having that small scene where you thought that was getting some kind of judgment, it was off putting. But then we found out it was really because of the experiences some of those people in the restaurant had with Bill in some of his prior uh, yeah. follies. Yeah, yeah. so many follies. The there was so many follies in that scene. I think that was the most like folly filled scene, right? Oh, yeah. definitely. That was the culmination of yeah. all the well, follies. Oh, there was the fork, so many the follies. Um, yeah. Tartar means raw, like, Mm-hmm. You know, I I, yeah. I I understand he doesn't know French, but at least ask what the word means before you order yeah. it. Uh, the gasoline. And then it just went downhill from there. I mean, yeah. that was just the... mm-hmm. yeah, of a plane crash. It was it was a messy scene. <laughs> that didn't make any sense. Yeah, no. I... But... <laughs> they just wanted things to explode in the background after all the series of unfortunate events had occurred. Yeah, they didn't really have the budget for it, but. The look on the waiter's face. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think this is a first in Talking Pictures trivia history where we have a three-way tie. Three-way tie. I think it might three-way be. Three-way tie. Yeah, two bucks a piece. Okay. All right. So I have a bonus question for you. Price is right rules. It's time for a bonus question. In the film's opening credit sequence... How many hippos do we see Bill slap? It has to be different hippos, right? Can't be the same hippo twice. Uh, it, uh, I, I couldn't tell. 
Okay. Okay. If there was this, you know, there were, there was a lot of cuts. So it's, it's kind of hard to tell. Okay. I, I didn't count distinct hippos if that's what. So we're counting slaps. Yeah, that's fair. So, um, well, what if he slapped the same hippo twice? Then it's then it counts as two. That's a good point. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, I was gonna ask. There is something he's referring to. You remember the one where he hits it and then hits it again with the back swing, the backhand yeah, on the the other side of the face. Yeah, the backhands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that that's. I think that that's count, five, that's counts that's as two. No, that was four. He got each cheek. Ba, ba, boom, ba, ba, boom. It's it's how many slaps hit a hippo. <laughs> That's what we're trying to count. Locked in. I think I think I just have to change my number on like an exponential basis here now. I don't know. Okay, so it's yeah. Okay, so I think it's we're in a Nick or did you like a Nick? Sorry. I'm I'm doing some complex okay, fair mathematical yeah. uh, computations here. Take your time. All right. I uh, yeah, locked in. This is some serious hippo math for all you guys at home. Okay. I'm I'm ready to go. Locked in. All right, Nick, you're up first. Okay. If memory serves me correct, there were five hippos lined up. The two end ones were, dare I say, rear shots, and the other were facing us. Okay. So he went down. There was a double smack. On the first one, the face on the second, the face on the third, the face on the fourth, and a double smack on the back one, which would bring us to two, three, four, five, six, seven. However, he then went back, face eight, face eight, nine, excuse me, 10, and then a double at the end. 12. It was 12 slaps. Okay. Uh, James, I think you locked in second. Yeah. Now, I I was going off sound. I was trying to recite the cadence in my head. Um, so I I came up with 14. Um, and I, I, I wasn't even visualizing the scene per se, but, you know, the, uh, the slaps were so pronounced. They almost kind of went like... Psh, And and until you know, I, I added up that cadence to uh, to fourteen, my best estimate. Thank you. So we have twelve, fourteen. KJ, what do you have? I might be way off, but the the first letters we see come up on the screen were slap sounds. I had thirty eight because it was like that. It wasn't. It was it was the the first like four names that came up were all that slap sound before it, we realized it was hippos. I had oh, assumed. Oh. So. Uh, that now, oh, that's a dirty question. Are you are you counting? He said we saw what, the slaps. No, what? we had to see the slap. Mm, yeah, you said see yeah. the slap. Oh, I did you say did. see the slap. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh all right then. I, I think we're kind of split yeah. on two potential oh. answers here because mm-hmm. KJ is right. He is slapping hippos before mm-hmm. the yeah. opening credits. But we don't see it. Oh Lord, that's a good one because I I also had that number that you just said. Yeah, I, I had that that number because I was like, oh yeah, yeah. When we see Bill's folly, it's slap, 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 mm-hmm. slap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the apostle, yeah, thirty. This Tom's folly. I don't yeah, know. this might be Tom's folly. Oh, um, oh damn, I was gonna give it to KJ, but I, I, it's a good point. I did say C. All right. Um, oh crap. All right, let's maybe do one more bonus question. It's time for a bonus question. In the post-credit sequence, what do Claire and Bill in a romantic day milk? Locked in. Locked in. Locked in. Okay, KJ, you're going first. I did not sit through the credits, (laughs) so this is a wild (laughs) Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. A goat. Uh, look to me like an alpaca. So this is a tricky one because this must have been some kind of petting zoo. There were a lot of animals there. 
but I, I thought it was a weird reference. There, there was a cat and I, they were trying to milk the cat. Uh, I, 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 I don't know. At least that's what it looked like to me. So I'm going to go with cat. Okay. And the points go to James. They try to milk the cat, but they successfully milk the alpaca. alpaca. Uh. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. They're like chasing the cat around and the cat keeps scratching them. And so they go, you know, like, screw it. Let's just milk this thing. And it's just like, yeah, I think that's yeah. definitely why it was in my head because it yeah. was just an odd situation. Yeah. Did they play it as a hallucination or was it? I mean, she wasn't in any of his other hallucinations. Yeah, but... that's I I mean, it's the two of them together. And it's like they're playing like romantic music. Like this is, you know, this is their I think this is supposed to be like their first date, right? Because it ends with them deciding to finally go out. And so I think this is kind of like if you sit through the credits, this is kind of like their first date. They were trying to, you know, milk various animals. Because as you know, Claire said, like she always dreamed of uh, you know, working on a farm or growing up on a farm because she had grown up in kind of like a bad neighborhood and, you know, thought the best part of growing up on a farm was, you know, milking all the animals to have some fresh milk from all the animals. So I think that was his like, you know, romantic gesture was, you know, going off to milk, milk the alpacas. Yeah. And is that what that quote meant? You know, the life between the heartbeats and the minds or whatever? Yeah, I... <laughs> Yeah, I I think that, you know, what what he was going for in the quote, or I, I guess what uh, Perez was going for in that quote, is that um, relates back to the follies, that the folly is the thing that makes life exciting, that you bring the folly, the, the excitement to an, an event via the folly. That's kind of Bill's way of injecting excitement into a situation. Um, even when he doesn't intend to, uh, and and so I think it's it, I think it sort of connects to that, that the sort of proliferation of follies everywhere. But don't you think the way they set up the ending was that now he has this other thing that can br- bring excitement to him, so that the follies may be in the past now, and that's why I thought that end credit scene was a little off because he seemed to still be having different follies okay in this in this petting zoo or whatever so like i don't know maybe they left the door open to say that oh you know maybe it's still happening but not as much i I don't know Uh, he's still a silly guy he's still him but you know she's had a positive influence on his life you know like he you know he's he's not like tanking the vietnamese economy you know, like he did uh, like 40 minutes into the movie. Only Bill. Yeah, only, yeah. Bill. <laughs> uh, only Bill. Mm-hmm. Only Bill. Only Bill. And it's like two, two keystrokes. And the whole we thing can't even just, blame Polo yeah. for that one. I mean, that was just straight up. Bill. No, 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 that, that, was, that was all yeah. Bill. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I suppose that's yeah, that's a good point. Like he, he's doing all these destructive things to the Vietnamese. And in the end, it's like, you know, it's it's a good good thing and no nobody dies a crane doesn't fall on anybody nobody gets crushed in a porta potty you know the, the like the third world is is not being destroyed by bill's follies and so i think it's like the follies are the i think the irony of the quote is that the follies are exciting but destructive and we end on something exciting that's not destructive well that's what i was alluding to earlier the more claire came into the picture the less volatile or detrimental his follies became that that's what I meant. Not necessarily the frequency, but maybe the impact. Yeah, like the yeah the 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 blowing up the the housing development was bad, but nobody got killed. Like in the like in the the you know in the scene with the crane, or, or you know yeah yeah, or in the scene when the you know like the plane explodes. It's time for movie rent. I was wondering um, what you guys thought of the relate some of the relationships. I mean, the big one is the, the growing love between Claire and Bill, which happened in a kind of bizarre way. I mean, starting with the hamster guinea pig things and then, then the second event, which was really strange. And also the relationship between, which we haven't really talked about that much, Claire and Mama Ramsey. Um, and then, of course, Claire's father. I was wondering what people thought of those, specifically those three relationships, but any others you want to bring up? 
Yeah, I mean, Claire and 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 Mama Ramsey um, was kind of a typical mother daughter where she's always trying to uh, clean up after her mom. There was a suggestion that her mom was starting to lose it. Um, I thought that was fine, you know, run of the mill, nothing, nothing too crazy. Um, uh, but I, Polo's relationship with Bill, right? I mean, we talked about that quite a bit, but mm-hmm. that yeah, was I mean- a lot of fun. For what it was, mm-hmm. you know, for what it was, it was destructive, but it was fun. All the antics, mm-hmm. you know, craziness. I mean, did you expect her father to be an astronaut? Yeah, but he was always away. He was like never in the film, and then he'd show up dressed like an astronaut to like prove he's an astronaut. Like we get it, mm-hmm. you know. It was very random to me. Uh, I guess her skydiving was supposed to be, you know, I don't know, an allusion to that, you know. Mm-hmm. Or them, you know, showing her attempting to uh, to follow in his footsteps, and of course, you know, then you know, poor choice of words, James. Like poor choice of yeah. words. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and you know, then you know, the, the devastation of the injury. So, you know, I, I think they probably could have explored that dynamic of her relationship with, uh, you know, with her father, uh, 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 Lieutenant Ramsey. A little bit more um you know as far as her relationship with bill yeah I, I i enjoyed the pacing of it you know the problem is you know i guess his folly in screwing up her parachute mm-hmm. right after she's been you know afraid of that and for good reason you know and then yeah all right you know she crash lands in the lake and you know she's in the water so it's fine you know i don't think they really do a good enough job getting into how he's able to kind of redeem himself Mm -hmm. and get back in her good graces because not a lot of his follies directly affected her, but that one did. See, the reason I kept watching this movie through the hallucinations, through all of the follies was because Claire. Claire was the anchor, not only for Bill in the end, but us, the audience. She's the reason. And only someone like Claire could forgive him for some kind of atrocity like mishandling a parachute. I mean, crazy, but she is that good of a person that she lets that go. The hallucination where he was a tree, was that an astronaut in the background supposed to be uh, Lieutenant Ramsey? Oh, I don't know. We, do, we don't see his face, right? We just see like- the, He's in the, the full helmet. suit. Yeah, oh, yeah, he's yeah. got the, the helmet yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Huh, I mean, that's interesting because do, do we- do we know at that point that her father's an astronaut? I, I this was one of the earlier. Ones. I don't think we I don't do. Think yeah. I don't think we do. Maybe yeah. it's kind of like a like a foreshadowing thing, like he's rooted in the ground, and I bet you there's some more of yeah. that on the cutting room floor because I think that mm. is an underdeveloped yeah. plot line or subplot that they yeah. just maybe he was supposed to be in it. Yeah, more. I, it's possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it is interesting, like the the astronaut chops the tree down. Right, 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 right. It's it mm-hmm. it shows how you know Bill makes these mistakes, but other people also affect him. I mean, Polo's the biggest example, but you know he's again very influenced. Even as a tree, they mm-hmm. were able to modify what he was trying to do. Yeah, I think the relationships. So my my takeaway from from the relationships are that uh, relationships are what happens when the follies don't. And so that the relationships are what um, what the follies take the place of or can take the place of the follies. And so what we're seeing is a person who has a, like a dearth of meaningful relationships. His relationships with, with Polo and with, with the rest of them uh, are fairly are very superficial. And it's as they deteriorate and the relationship with Claire begins to be realized that that, that sort of takes that place. It sort of um, it sort of takes the place of the follies. I'd like to once again congratulate our winner of the week, James, in double bonus question time. So congratulations, James! Yay! Yahoo! Woohoo! On another note, check out our website, talkingpicturestrivia.com, for more information about us and our episodes. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as our YouTube channel. We are extremely grateful for any positive reviews as those help others like you find us. If you like what you hear, remember to like and subscribe to our show. Which do you think was Bill's greatest folly and why? Let's continue the conversation on Twitter at Talking Studios. Thanks again, James, for joining us today. My pleasure.
You could find me on Twitter at ThomasLayman15. And you can find me on Twitter at KJ1000. I can also be found on Twitter at The Nicknamed. Join us next time when we discuss KJ's recommendation from 1995, The Englishman Who Went Up a Hill But Came Down a Mountain. Should be a fun one. Talk to you then. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs>